Welcome to Shrink the Rabbi, Wise Guys Discuss Torah Wisdom. Join Rabbi Chaim Miguel and psychologist Ben Bernstein as they discuss Torah and offer timely insights into significant events of the Jewish calendar, the meaning and its relevance to our daily lives. Welcome to our podcast. This is our second episode. And before we get into our conversation, we're actually going to introduce each other. So I'm Rabbi Chaim, and it's my pleasure to tell you about Dr. B, Dr. Ben Bernstein. He's a psychologist with 40 years of clinical experience. Uh, He's a long-term student of both the Torah and ancient Indian scriptures, the Vedas. His area of specialization as a psychologist is stress and how it impacts human performance. He's written four books on the subject, and his motto is, be your best. Thank you, Rabbi Chaim. So let me tell you about our rabbi. Rabbi Chaim received his ordination within the Hasidic community 35 years ago. He is passionate about Jewish spiritual traditions and helping people make spiritual connections. He's also the proprietor of a Jewish lifestyle store in Berkeley, California. If you don't know it, it's called Afi Komen and do check it out. And Rabbi Chaim and I have had a long-term friendship, and as we uh, would get together, we talk about Torah and thought we would turn it into a podcast. So um, let's just get into our second episode. So in our last episode, we discussed the Passover story, and the key elements of the Passover were the origin story of the Jewish people and how the Exodus from Egypt was really the birth of the nation of Israel, the Ben Am Yisrael. We kind of traversed from going down into Egypt as a small family, or actually a large family for family's sake, but then emerging as a massive people of millions of individuals. This coming out of bondage, you know, collectively as a people is seen as our personal or collective uh, origin story of the Jewish people. And so in this episode, we want to talk about the upcoming minor holiday that's celebrated next week on the calendar, and that's called Pesach Sheni. So I I had never heard about Pesach Sheni, and um, uh, I think probably would be a good idea, (laughs) Rabbi Chaim, if you could tell us what it is. Yeah, so so Pesach Sheni is is really a unique uh, experience in the Torah. you know, the exodus, the going out of Egypt, the 10 plagues that were all happening, you know, that was one event. The commandment was then given that every subsequent year around the same time as the exodus experience, we would commemorate and remember that by having a Passover uh, offering um, that was in the ancient uh, holy temple in Jerusalem. Passover was a pilgrimage festival. Since the destruction of the temple over 2,000 years ago, this ritual has been shifted into our homes, and we have a Passover Seder every year. Um, In the Torah, the episode of the first Passover uh, uh, after the Exodus took place after the sin of the golden calf, which we talked about, I think, last time. But many people died in the aftermath of that experience. And so there were other people who were involved in caring for the dead, which rendered them ritually 
unfit, ritually impure, as it were, from participating in that Passover sacrifice of the subsequent year. And so they asked Moses, what's up with this? How come, why should we be deprived of celebrating the Passover sacrifice and, and offering this offering? And so Moses said, well, let me bring it up with the boss and I'll get back to you. So he asks God and God says, you know, you're right. We're going to create a makeup day for anybody who was either ritually impure or on a distant journey, you know, where they weren't in proximity of the ritual taking place, whether it was in the temple. We're going to create an opportunity for people to have a makeup day. And that is called Pesach Sheni. It happens on the subsequent full moon after the Passover, which happened three weeks ago. I love the way that people talked to each other about what's up with this and God is the boss and it's fabulous. Okay, so, <laughs> so, um, but you know, one thing you told me, which I think would be really great for our listeners, is, is why is this unique in Torah? You, you mentioned that before. Yeah, this is the only time when there's a makeup opportunity for a, a sacrificial offering or ritual. Um, you know, if you think about it, it's like there's a mitzvah to hear the shofar on Rosh Hashanah or, you know, to fast on Yom Kippur. We know about those things. Um, if you don't do it, if you didn't fast, if you didn't hear the shofar, whatever the effect of that fasting or hearing the shofar is, that still exists in the world. But for some reason, not participating in the Passover sacrifice leaves something lacking. And that was felt by these people in that generation, the first year out of Egypt. And it caused a, a sense of, I want to be able to have that personal experience, that personal connection. And that is unique in the Torah. That, that experience, that exchange doesn't take place around any other offering. But when you say um, something is lacking, can you just expound on that for a minute? Because I'm not sure I understood that. Well, if we look at Passover as like the, the birth story of the Jewish nation, the Am Yisrael, the Jewish people as a whole people, distinct from other peoples of the world, there's a sense that marking that event reaffirms my sense of belonging and my experience of connection to that whole community, that whole nation. And it could be that if somebody is not able to participate in the ritual which reaffirms that or that commemorates that, then there would be a sense of lack perhaps not only for the individual, but perhaps also from the higher perspective, from the God perspective, that there's something lacking in the wholeness if somebody's not participating. So how I'm understanding this is, is that this is all about second chances. Is that correct? Right. And so one of the things that we've discussed is how second chances are significant in our individual self-growth, both of us being people in recovery, long-term recovery, and how this whole notion of second chances is, um, is not only important, but in, in some ways essential. So right. I'd like to, us to get into that a little bit. Well, do you want to kick that off? Do you want to 
say what is significant to you about the notion of a second chance? Sure. Um, you know, as in recovery for many years, uh, I'm on a path of, I guess the easiest way to say it is just, you know, successively both cleaning up my act, but also getting more spiritually connected to my higher power, to God, as I understand God. And um, though it's a, it's a straight path, sometimes I fall off the path a little bit, you know, in terms of my thinking or my actions. Um, I know I can always get back on. So um, am I understanding that correctly in terms of the second chance? Right. You know, in, in Yiddish, they say, is da nish kind for fallen, which kind of loosely translated means nothing is ever, um, you know, hopeless. There's always an opportunity for connection. There's always an opportunity for rectification. And I think that that's what Pesach Sheni, you know, is coming to, to, to point out to us. But one of the challenges to this, in, in terms of my own thinking, is it, it could appear as a kind of get-out-of-jail-free card. You know, like, I'm just going to do what I want, but I know I can come back. And um, I'm wondering about, you know, that kind of thinking or that, that, that reasoning, because it seems right. contradictory to God's intention. Right. Well, God thought of that as well. <laughs> <laughs> and, okay. And basically, the the parameters around Pesach Sheni, the way that it works, is that so long as the person is legitimately unable or incapable at that moment of uh, doing Pesach, the original, the the Passover Seder, there's an opening, there's an opportunity for connection. But if a person intentionally says you know, to hell with this. I don't want to go to my Passover Seder. I'm done with this. There's nothing in this for me. I'm going to Pizza Hut. You know, <laughs> then there's something that is missing from that person. They're intentionally creating a rift where essentially there isn't one. And so, you know, the opportunity for the completion really depends on a person having some kind of an opening, some kind of a, okay, you know, like you had mentioned about recovery, you know, and I know that in recovery they say, you know, um, don't leave until the miracle happens. You know, you keep hanging, keep hanging around, even though you may feel like you want to have spontaneous spiritual revelation. You want to have tremendous transcendent transformation of personal behavior and, you know, and have all the things that are wrong with your life be instantly transformed into something great and magical. That That's a le legitimate desire, although it's pretty unrealistic that it's going to happen that way. And what it's really going to require for your life to be different is for you to be different. And so therefore, we want to have opportunities to give people the chance to cultivate the sense of wanting things to be different. Or like they say sometimes in 12-step, in to want to want to give up the drink or something. Yeah, well, the, the other thing I'm thinking of is that often meetings end with keep coming back. 
right? And in a sense, that's in the spirit of what we're talking about, is keep coming back. You're on this path, we're on this path of closer connection to a higher power, however we each construe that, and and just keep coming back. So it's it's meant to refer to meetings, but it really is in this larger context, it keeps coming back to this path. Keep, keep coming back to the path and keep coming back to yourself. Keep coming back to this dimension of your own being, which is your higher self, which is the part that is really always connected to the higher power. And what happens is, is we, we drift in and out of conscious connection. We drift in and out of conscious awareness. Our behaviors, you know, like you had mentioned before, sometimes we fall off the path or fall off the wagon or we drift back into patterns that are not serving us, you know, or we're noticing that our lives are becoming unmanageable. You know, what can we do to be like reassured that there is a place for us, that we do matter, that we are part of the bigger community, the bigger picture of humanity, the bigger picture of our own ancestral origin, tribe. And and Pesach Shani comes along and says, yes, there is a place for you. If you're wanting to want to belong, then I'm going to make a space for you to, to connect. Earlier, you know, along these lines, earlier you said something about um, people who could not participate in the original Seder because either they were in some way ritually impure or you also said about uh, being distant. So I'm, I'm wondering about this being distant part. Right. That's a that's a, a very interesting thing that there was um, because it, it mentions in the Torah both of these things. If a person is tamay, if they're ritually unfit to participate in the ritual, or if they're at a on a distant journey, and in the Torah, which is a handwritten document and it's meticulously copied, you know. Every Torah is literally uh, a handwritten replica of every other Torah. And even in the Torah, there are some nuances, extra large letters or extra dots. And so in the word in Hebrew, which describes being at a distance, there's a dot above one of the letters. And a 13th century Torah commentator named the Chizkuni he mentions that this dot indicates that the subject of that sentence, the person, is the one who is at this great distance. And he interprets that to mean even a spiritual distance, a feeling of being spiritually isolated or disconnected from the community. And if a person wakes up to that feeling of being distant, then there's already an opening for them to make the connection. And that's what's available through participating in this Pesach Sheni. Now, whether a person observe, I mean, there's not a lot to observe as far as the holiday actually goes. But what it is symbolizing is that we have an opportunity for making a connection when we feel an opening. So wait, so you just said something I'd like you to clarify a little bit, which is about um, the Pesach Shini holidays. So, uh, you know, on regular regular Pesach, traditional Pesach, we have to 
supposed to, you know, uh, clear our houses um, of uh, any leavening. Is that what you're talking about? Like, what's different about the observance? Right. So there, the way that Pesach Sheni is typically observed is people will have matzah. You'll eat a piece of matzah on the day of Pesach Sheni, and we'll say, oh, I'm, I'm observing Pesach Sheni. I'm eating matzah. Even if I had a Passover Seder the month before. But we're acknowledging that built into our ancient tradition is this concept of there's a second chance. Is nishda kind for fallen? Nothing is hopeless. Nothing is ever, you know, completely uh, uh, broken. Everything can be fixed and mended. One thing I've heard I, more in the Vedic tradition, I wonder if there's a, any uh, corresponding uh, thing in, in Jewish tradition, is that God is very patient and just is waiting for us to return, waiting for us to connect. Is there anything that comes to you that's similar? I would say that this, I think of God as kind of being all present all the time. Like to me, like that's part of the essential nature of what makes God a higher power is all present all the time. And humans, you know, are governed by the laws of nature, natural order of life, you know, where things ebb and flow. There's, there's pain and joy. There's happiness and sorrow. We go through all of these different experiences. I don't, I don't know that those experiences impact God and so that the presence is available for us at all times. The Hasidic masters often talk about how even in the times of challenge, hardship, even affliction, you know, to how do we recognize that even in that pain, we're still available to have presence, connection to presence, the presence of spirit presence of God. If we're not connecting to God in those moments, we're suffering. Because what we're really focusing on there is the pain. If we can experience that there is pain and there is presence, even with the pain, then I can move beyond my little self and connect with my bigger self, which is also always present and connected with God. The, um, just a slight diversion here in the Vedic tradition uh, is talked about in different ways. I'm not using the actual words, but they talk about the, um, the actor and the self, and the self being what we're talking about, about something much larger, the, the totality, and the actor is what's in the world. And in, in being in the world, we sometimes lose or forget our connection or being part of the, the whole, of, of the larger self. And um, it's in that witnessing that we're losing the connection, that we have the opportunity for what it sounds like Pesach Sheni of the return. So this is like, this is a wonderful ancient tradition that we have supporting us, actually written in the Torah to have this reconnection, renewal, a second chance. Absolutely. I know, it's it's fantastic. It's, um, 
these this this document that was written so many thousands of years ago has such incredible relevance and resonance you know in my personal life today in the life of you know other individuals and and the world community of humanity we have to be able to see ourselves as worthy we have to be able to see ourselves as available for connection with with each other as a global community of humans with another species on the planet to be able to have connection with this uh, greater uh, spirit power that's beyond our understanding yeah that that to me is one of the most inspiring things about having a traditional lifestyle a, a spiritually oriented lifestyle one thing that comes clearer to me in this conversation uh is uh Pesach Sheni as as pinpointing participation that you know your participation is really critical you you couldn't participate because of the the uh, impurity or distance, both you know, literal and metaphorical, in the original Seder, but your participation is what's necessary. So you're participating for your own health and well-being, which of course would influence the health and well-being of the whole. And that, to me, that's so powerful as as helping us to appreciate our place. You know, the Jewish tradition is part of the whole of these of the people, but it really speaks to to the world situation as well. Right, right. you know, and I, I I've heard it said also many times. <clears throat> I think it's a quote from the AA Big Book. You know that um, um, uh, what is it? Faith without works is dead. Right. That just having a belief without actually doing anything about it, without embodying it in some way, is is really missing the essential, an essential character, uh, uh, a characteristic of what it means to have a conscious connection and to have a, a spiritual relationship with a with the Creator, you know, with the divine being. Well, Pesach Sheni is giving us the opportunity for the works, right, for the actual action. It's not just faith, it's action, that we have to right. take action exactly. to reconnect. So take a piece of matzah and have Pause. a matzah braai. <laughs> yeah, you, you never brought up gefilte fish. Gefilte. Or, <laughs> it's not a mitzvah to eat gefilte fish. <laughs> <laughs> That's not in the Torah? Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Rabbi Chaim, for our usually wonderful conversation. It keeps getting better and better. Um, tell us about what's coming what's coming. So the, the next big event in the Jewish calendar is the holiday of Shavuot, which is also like Passover, a pilgrimage festival. And it uh, commemorates the uh, experience of receiving the Ten Commandments at Mount Sinai. Wonderful. Well, we'll be looking forward to uh, delving into that and welcoming our listeners back. So please subscribe um, to our podcast and we look forward to sharing with you again. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you, Doctor. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please follow us on social media, Shrink the Rabbi, and come back next week for more.